Bone Thugs and Harmony. Hey yo, we ain't always been accepted like this. Till the nigga got that Grammy. Open the door, nigga. Bone Thugs got a story that's similar to Mike Jones. You can ask my homies. I remember back in the days when they didn't want me. Now I blew up, they all on me. They smile phony. It's hard to talk about these niggas. It's fake. They're trying to eat this is courtesy of Brent Freeze. I played, uh, it's a mix up. I played a remix of this in San Juan. And then, like, two days later, Brent sent me this. And I'm like, this is awesome. I love Bone Thugs. I like the mashups like that. I love it. <laughs> I like Bone Thugs back in the day. Oh, man, they were awesome. Back East 99 was their CD. Then they had, you know, the Crossroads. Meet me at the Crossroads. You remember the Crossroads? Oh, my God. That was huge. Uh, also, um, gosh, what was the other one? Uh, one of my oh. favorites on a uh, weekend. Um, oh, my God. We're not against rap. We're not against rap music. But we are against those thugs. Yes. I love this one. Oh, first of the month. They were, it's the first this, of the month. How they rapped. It was so fast. Uh, hold on. I can I can rap in. Okay. And go. Well, I got to wait for them. Oh, wait. I know the chorus, of course. <laughs> hold on. Here we go. I don't know. That's all I did. Snaking the basketball, drinking all nights, and I am the basketball, rap the ball. Nobody will try to find us at the player. Somebody do one, two, three. We got me, we got D, gotta get me. See, I've said no words so far. It's like it's like Pearl Jam. Yeah, they do, though. You can't. They were awesome. We'll have a celebration. I got that part right. Yeah. They were. Oh, I forgot about these. And then my favorite. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those thugs. This should be, if you were a rodeo clown and I was a sound man, this is what I'd bring into the arena. You're a rodeo clown from Sydney, Iowa. The thuggish, ruggish, bold. Two times to the IPRGACT finals. Youth Rodeo Association. And going first time to the Perry Circuit Finals for $800 a round. Wait, God, you guys. I have a bone to put. Circuit finals suck and pay, most of them. Like 90% of them do. Yeah, there's, like, there's. I remember when I did the Prairie Circuit Finals. It paid like fifteen hundred dollars for the whole weekend, and then they wanted you there a day early for a kids' rodeo. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> my dad's the president of that circuit. Well, so. <laughs> they should pay their contract personnel more. Oh, um, anyway, you know, I'm glad we started the rap music uh, before we get into the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> well, this is kind of funny, but on uh, you know, I I stalk the fans of the Cowboy Channel Facebook page, and uh, there's been these posts like. Rap music's got no place in rodeos. I wish they had quit playing it. Did you see that one? Uh, yeah, Narducci sent it to... 
to Benji and I, and we had us a fun little conversation. I'm like, if, if they don't like rap music, they're going to hate every rodeo I do. They said, uh, they, and you know what? I think there's something for everybody in rodeo music. It's not like anybody just strictly plays one or the other, but the, the one guy on there, what happened to play a cattle call and them good old songs like that? Yeah, but that's the guy that's not, that's the guy that um, when the rodeo comes to his town, he doesn't go buy a ticket. He sits at home and watches it on the Cowboy Channel. Yeah, like they Why don't I have to go? It's on right here. So those people can, you know, suck it. I want to give a shout-out, though, on uh, something with the Cowboy Channel. Uh, Je- Jeff Welker uh, from Pretty Prairie, Kansas, who's Jacob Welker, which we're sending Jacob prayers yeah. and thoughts as he was in a horrible wreck loading bucking horses at Kimball, Nebraska. But So Jeff Welker went to the retirement home in Pretty Prairie, Kansas. The You know, not the retirement home, but like the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Assisted and it, living. It, yeah, in the main area, they have this huge TV. And Jeff took his fire stick down there and plugged it in and so they could stream Pretty Prairie's rodeo. So all the residents that were in the, uh, in the nursing home, they all got to come into their common area and watch the rodeo. That's and awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Like... You know, I'm kind of anti-Cowboy Channel, but for that reason, I thought it was awesome. Shout out to Jeff Welker. Yeah, that's good. He's a great dude. But I'm telling you, with, with uh, hip-hop beats, they just fit. They're just they're just so good because it's hard to ram and jam the whole time, and especially in timed events. You know, a lot of times those guys don't want it ramming and jamming because there you're trying to get, you know, team roping, two horses, a steer. What is it? Three hearts? No, it's two ropes. In the team roping, it's you got two horses, two cowboys, one steer, one goal. That's it. But you know when I when I start a when I start a beat, you know, like this. You know what? People, you just start seeing the head bobbing. See, even our our guest today is doing it. You know, yeah, and they love this, especially. I'm a big '90s guy. You are of, of the hip hop, and and who's buying all the beer and everything? It's the '30s and 40 year, forty year olds, really. I mean, oh, this is just this is just this is just good stuff. But anyway, but what I'm saying is, I play a lot of stuff like that, and if, if people don't, <laughs> I don't care because people in this like last night. What do we have in here? Sold out. What is there? What do they see? Ten, eleven thousand here? I don't know, but we're in Fort Madison Tri-State Rodeo, yes. which is just. I, I sent a deal out on my uh, Instagram yesterday. This is like one of those college, or, or like the great coliseums of of college. Like how iconic it is to play at Ohio State. Yeah. Or going to the swamp. But mm-hmm. like this in rodeo is like that for rodeo because they've put $1.3 million in extra money into their VIP. Yeah, there was a there was suites. They did that a few years ago, and then they put another $1.3 million into a gigantic bar and to kind of finish finish it off, and it is amazing. But let's, let's clarify the sweets thing. And I'm, I'm not knocking any rodeos, and I won't say any rodeos particular. However, I've been to some rodeos where they're like, <laughs> we got box sweets. Yeah. And that suite is four four cattle panels with eight lawn chairs and it no, no a, igloo a, cooler no, full of bush light a, beer an eight foot table with eight metal chairs yeah here's your box yeah like so that's i mean i, I guess you could call that uh no box these seats. are legit suites yeah like they have the actual bathroom. bathroom and a full bar and they've got a 75 inch flat screen 85 bro 
That's just 10 inches. Not that you'd know anything about that. Um, That's true. Oh, (laughs) speaking of wieners, um, before we get to our guest, there was a guy uh, we found out this morning. This might be the smartest guy because everybody at Fort Madison, the, the camping here is unreal. Like the people that there's just campgrounds where people are here just for the rodeo at two o'clock. Well, two things happened. One of the bull riders got into the uh, hospitality and ate four um, trays of hot wings. And then uh, his guts are feeling there was there was just this random dude that came out of nowhere last night when the party shut down and he had uh, one of those box like a huge box that he was pulling with a bicycle. And started selling hot dogs for ten bucks a shot. I bet I. You know what? I I might have bought one. And it's, it was a small, small little deal. So, how cool would that be for for a side hustle if you had a, a Josh and Justin's teeny weeny teeny weeny wiener wagon? Oh, you we- know, you know, Dad. And speaking of Dad, here you come walking up. We're outside right now. Uh, it's a beautiful day here. But um, I've wanted to do that, in San Angelo. Vince's Wieners, because he always f- cooks them Friday night uh, at Sydney. He, man, if he'd have that after that bar closes, there's no food. The midway shut down. It's hard to want to get your hands off Vince's Wieners. I've it, said that there for would years. Be, everybody would want to get their hands on Vince's Wieners. <laughs> but anyhow, so Fort Madison, Iowa, last right, night. Dad. There's old Vince Hilton. <laughs> Morning, Dad. Vince is sitting in. So, um, speaking of and Wieners, and, and then I was having Bluetooth trouble, uh, uh, a wrap-up story from Sykeston. <laughs> so... <laughs> One of their committee guys was oh. over in their committee camp there where they park. And um, young guys, when I say committee, this is not like most rodeo committees. Yeah, these guys you are not 85. You literally have to be under 40 to be on the committee. Yeah. So uh, he's uh, over there, and they're all camped over there. There's, I mean, I don't know, 20, 30 of them. And he's got his ATV outside, which they all, it's like a prerequisite. You have to smoke cigarettes to be on the committee. Yeah. Drink uh, enormous amounts of Anheuser-Busch products, and you have to have an ATV with a radio on it. And he is dead. Well, he goes inside uh, for a little alone time and chooses his favorite movie, to which he's watching it on his phone, I guess, and his phone is still connected. Okay, to let's the- let's not bullshit around. He goes into his camper by himself to watch porn. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's not me being he rude. He was going in to feed the ducks, oh. you know, a little afternoon wrap-up, a little relax and unwind, and uh, the <laughs> audio was connected to his Bluetooth on his radio and his ATV that was blaring loud that he was just blaring ACDC on. So everybody outside... Could hear the audio of what Spanktrovision was going on inside. He's in there fighting his uncle Frank. <laughs> so, so, that poor son of a gun. So I was, mean, everybody. Well, every, the, I was the over there part. later on, and everybody was just hammering on this guy. Hey, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite uh, little rascal? rascal? <laughs> Is it Spanky? <laughs> well, I would have been. I would have knocked on the door and be like, "Dude, if you're gonna beat it." <laughs> Turn off your deal, man. Well, how did he not know that there was no audio on it? I mean, you know what I mean? That well, be- when you get a boner, your head kind of starts <laughs> stops working. Just like Rodney Carrington used to say, you stare at boobs for an hour and a half, you become dumb as shit. <laughs> That's true. When he comes, when Rodney Carrington's talking about coming home from the titty bar and walks in the house and his wife says, uh, where you been? At the titty club. <laughs> Where's your money? They took that. Where's your truck? They got that too. Who's she? Hell, I thought that was you. 
But I mean, honestly, like uh, he goes in there and uh, just when the bl- I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> he get must have got lightheaded from the uh, the the release of uh, uh, what's the word, the hormonal word, endorphins, <laughs> the endorphins, I guess it would be. But uh, if you are listening, because we do have a lot of great listeners in Sykeston, sorry, bud. <laughs> Better luck next year. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, well, let's get to our guest. I'm so excited to have this guest on here today. Um, this is our third person from Abbeville, Kansas, to be on the show. He's a little bit nervous uh, this morning, so I'm making him drink a 16-ounce beer uh, right off the bat, even though it's not noon. But we can do that. So, a little background. Uh, Kevin Davis married Betty Jones. The Jones family is... Uh, a great family from Abbeville. Bob Jones and my grandfather Floyd were like best friends. And uh, Bob Ehrlich, which is Bob Jones' um, grandson, me and me and Bob were were best friends. And so the uh, the Jones family and the Rumford family has pretty much been one family for sixty years. So even though me and Kevin aren't actually related, I've kind of grown up on his couch. <laughs> so uh, Kevin, his wife Betty, and and their kids and and uh bob and all the <laughs> the whole abbeville group so you are number three uh bronk rumford ty rumford and now uh kevin davis so in a podcast that has over a million downloads we're getting the third guy from a town of 98 so we only have 95 more people interviewing abbeville we have everybody so welcome to the show uncle kevin davis everybody hey hey uncle kevin how you guys doing? I I'm I feel real privileged to be here. Today. <laughs> Why are you so nervous? I don't know. I'm getting old, I guess. I used to be able to jaw with everybody, but I'll I'll do the best I can. You better not skags us. Don't you skags us, Uncle Kevin. What's that mean? It means lock up and not be funny as you really are. <laughs> so I got. I'll I'll kind of kick this deal off a little bit. Well, I just didn't feel like. It. <laughs> That's why I made him chug a beer. It's beer chugging time on this beautiful morning. Uh, so, so when I was in high school, um, my mom lived in Plevna and my dad lived in at Abbeville, which is seven miles away. Well, in the middle of Plevna and Abbeville is Kevin and Betty Davis's house, and so uh, Bob lived there, and so. That's where I spent a lot of time. I kind of moved in for quite a while, and I never asked to move in. Uh, Kevin and Betty never invited me, and uh, even when they were gone, I would just go over and uh, drink their beer and cook their food and lay on their couch. So um, we, I would feel like we've, we've had some pretty good... Talk about some of my high school days, Uncle Kevin. Well, he was, like he said, my nephew's best friend and when they got into high school they was pretty good boys when they was young but when they experienced women and beer that's when their their whole lives changed and i would Uh, i would uh come home on a friday or saturday night and they'd be passed out in my living room (laughs) And Justin would be laying there on the couch, and I was always a stickler for, I, I couldn't stand to see somebody passed out before me. <laughs> you, you couldn't see somebody getting comfortable before you went to bed. <laughs> so one, I don't know if Justin can remember this, but 
I was notorious for taking a piece of thread and rolling it up into a little ball. And while they was passed out there, I'd take that thread and put it over the end of their nose. <laughs> and when they'd breathe in, that thread would go up their nose and then they'd swat their... <laughs> well, I was doing it to Justin one time. He's laying there on my couch and uh, the thread slipped out of my finger when he sucked it in that went up his nose <laughs> he had a he, he he went plum stupid he, he couldn't that's get that what out. happened <laughs> yeah you ruined him He's got a thread in the brain well but i i mean when when we did when me and bob started not we never really even got wild but kind of no, uh no. i mean but we we liked to drink beer and hang out and it was like we, that was in the glory days of drinking beer and hanging out and so uh, Mike Ramsey passed away. God bless him. Uh, Mike was a great friend of ours, and and uh, still to this day, Jamie Ramsey was one of my best friends of my whole life growing up. But so Mike always had a cooler. Like I think every rural rancher uh, team roper has got a refrigerator in their shed full of beer. And Mike did. Mike always had. So <laughs> when me and Bob couldn't get anybody to buy us beer, my type of guy, we would. We would have to go like stealth mode, like SEAL Team Six. So I could park at my uncle Larry's round top, uh, which was located close. And if you, we had to crawl under. They'd, they'd crawl through Mike's yard like army, in, <laughs> and sneak into his barn. And they wouldn't just take a beer or two; they'd take it all. <laughs> and then we we'd take it to Kevin's house. He's "What? Where'd you get all that beer? <laughs> Don't worry about it." What uh? What kind of beer was it? What were you Natural doing? Light. Ooh, the old Natty. Natural hey, Light beer was the preferred beer of Abbeville, Kansas. You remember the remember the time at my house when we was playing quarters? Uh uh-uh. uh. You and Bobby and oh yeah, we was doing it with beer. Start out with beer, which that's about all I drinks beer. Sure, I I can't. I can't stand or even look at whiskey. I can't stand the smell of it. I can't. I mean, it, it just makes me want to puke. Yeah. But anyway, we was playing quarters. And, you know, it's, I'm, what, 20 years older than you? Yeah. And uh, we was playing quarters where these boys got picking on me. And they'd get their quarter in the, the cup, and they'd make me slam a beer. <laughs> well, I was fine with the beer when we run out of beer. And we had some kind of a wine cooler or something. We used Bartles it. and James. Yeah. It was strawberry daiquiri, Bartles and James. Ugh. And we we was using it, and then we run out of it. Well, all we had left was some whiskey, and they filled a cup, oh, a good sized cup full of whiskey, and they flipped that quarter in. I can't remember if it was you or Bob. It was me. I was really good. Not a big deal. Flipped that quarter in there, and he pointed to me, and I took that. Being as I was older, I you know I had to I had to uh, yeah, show these pups what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took that whiskey and I I downed it, and as soon as I set that cup down, <laughs> and my nephew Bobby was standing between me and the sink. We was in our kitchen, and I turned and took one step, and I mean I up chucked up one side of him and down the other. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Puked on old Bobby. Well. We we had we had so many fun stories like that, but like we on New Year's Eve, um, you know, when you're in high school and stuff, 
you always it was like the big deal. Like you know, it's funny how you get older and you lose some of the the mystique of New Year's Eve. So we we weren't drinking. We were going to go to Kingman to uh, one of the kids' houses, and his he had like the fun parents that everybody get there and you give them your keys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you can you can booze and hang out, and so we were going to go there. And so we were at Kevin's house. We're all you know hanging out, and Kevin says, "Oh, I'm going to tell you one thing before you leave. Just don't get arrested. Nobody get arrested." We're not going to come to get oh, you. I said, uh, I said, uh, if you do get arrested, don't call me. Yeah. He, he said, and he was very, Kevin's always been pretty, pretty funny, but he was dang sure told us don't call him. So we, me and Bob and Sam, we get in Bob's minivan. Grandpa Jones had bought Bob a 1996 blue Aerostar Ford minivan, the extended version. Do you remember that van? Oh, I remember it. Yeah. It it was it had no frills, but at the time it was so cool and and Bob got a bumper sticker on it that said Bull Rider. That you know, but this van, like everybody wanted to hang out in this van, so we're like, because we laid the seats down and we'd sleep in this van, like we used it like an RV. Sam, Sam Dress was with you, that yeah, night. me and Bob and Sam. So we take off and we go to uh, Kingman and we go to the to the house. I'm not going to mention the name, but. You know who you are. <laughs> and so we go in there, and then everybody's hanging out and drinking beer and having fun. And, you know, I all these chicks all trying to talk to me and stuff. And it was, you know, not a big deal. But uh, we decided, you know, probably about 1.30 we were going to go to bed. So we go out to the van, and uh, me and Bob, we go to sleep. And Sam, he was going to come in a minute. And I wake up, and someone is pulling on my foot going like twisting my ankle they opened the back of the van and he said uh kingman sheriff's department whatever county sheriff's department he's like wake up and i thought it was somebody messing with me i thought it was one of my friends so i kicked kicked at him and then this guy spun my leg in a 360 and slammed it into my back <laughs> and i look up and we're along the side of the road uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning and we were pulled over and i'm like crap so, Bob is about to cry, and I'm just standing there because well, me and Bob weren't driving. Well, I said, well, where's Sam? They said, well, we, he's in the car. He, he was driving drunk, and they said, well, you two boys need to take a breathalyzer. Bob's like, sir, I have not, like, Bob was that guy that he should have just shut his mouth. <laughs> I have not consumed alcohol, sir. But he was keeping it real. He goes, yeah. then he asked yeah. the cop, he goes, may I please urine in the ditch, sir? I'm like, Bob, shut up. Urine in the ditch. <laughs> so the guy goes, you got to take a breath. You guys got to take a breath. And all I can think is, who in the hell are we going to call? Because Kevin said not to call him. But we're clearly in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Bob takes a breath, Lizer, and, and he he's over. I'm like, oh, crap. I was the last one. I blew in the breath, Lizer. Passed. Passed. What? Yeah. I don't know. How many have you had? Not very many because I was trying to... Uh, okay, not very many in your world is a little bit different than Vince's world. Yeah. I don't know, 15? No. <laughs> so, not that... I mean, I passed the, the breathalyzer, so he said, you you guys can leave. We're going to... I said, what are you going to do with Sam? Well, we got to take him in. Okay. So, I said, can I at least talk to him before you leave? He said, sure. So, go back to the, go back to the cop car, and Sam's in the back seat handcuffed. And he goes, don't tell anyone. All right. 
love you, brother. <laughs> Go back to Kevin's. That next morning, uh, I'm laying on the couch about 8 o'clock. Kevin gets down on one knee and gets about two inches from my ear and goes, me, me, just over and over. And I'm like, what? Kevin, get the hell out of here. And he's like, how are you boys doing? I'm like, oh, pretty good. You know, had a pretty good night. Everything's fine. You know, he goes and wakes up Bob. And Kevin's like, where's Sam? Well, isn't he here? <laughs> so, it, so, it took me a while to get to get the story and the truth out of. Well, so we we hang out on New Year's Day, and and Kevin keeps saying, "Hey, uh, where's Sam? No, well, around here. Maybe he's at my dad's house." So then, uh, you know, this is before cell phones. So then my dad calls over to Kevin Betty's house. Like, hey, uh, Sam's mom said uh, he she hadn't heard from Sam for a while. Kevin says, I'll talk to the boys. Me and Bob, I don't know. <laughs> Day number two. They held out pretty good, did they? Well, I knew, I knew he left the house with them <laughs> that night. I mean. Day number two, we get up. and Kevin's like, hey, boys, where's Sam? Oh, you know, he's probably, shoot, he's got a girlfriend down there in Kingman or something, you know. and He's probably around, you know. We keep blowing it off. Well, day three hit. Yeah. And they were about to call, like. About to put him. Nobody on. could find Sam for three days, and, and these boys wouldn't fess up. I, you know what? I'm proud of him because this guy is the world's shittiest secret keeper. No, I, I, am good at keeping secrets, but the people I tell won't keep their mouths shut. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times he comes up and he goes, "Let me tell you, uh, not supposed to say anything, but yeah." Well, so anyhow, day three, it starts getting pretty intense. So day four finally we crack and because everybody's starting to get pretty pissed off and like they go into full in, like you know in the movies when you're sitting in a room with one light bulb and they're going answer the question or like on ozark when yeah. they're talking to the guy and they take his shoes off and they pull out those those needle nose pliers and grab his toenail and say tell us the truth <laughs> i was like oh crap so i had to tell him well sam's in jail in kingman <laughs> And uh, so my dad had been there, been there three days. (laughs) Well, he said, he said, don't tell anybody why they're going to find out. And I mean, somebody would have come and got him out of jail, I assume. Well, maybe my dad goes and picks him up and uh, brings him back to Abbeville. And, you know, Bronco, who's just a nice guy. He is Benny Butler chewing Sam's ass at the kitchen table. And he goes, Justin, Bob, get in here. Because in those days, it, you know, it didn't matter if you were at Kevin's house or my dad's house. If you needed your ass chewed, you got your ass chewed collectively. I mean, it's just how it was. And so, because Kevin, he freaking called Bronco and sold me out too. I remember that. About, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but the good thing was when my dad talked to the, the arresting officer, he's like, well, your boy passed the breathalyzer. So... Hey, Justin, my boy. My dad is just ripping the shit out of this Sam. And he goes, why can't you be responsible like Justin here? And I'm like, ooh. I bet that chapped his ass. Sam didn't talk to me for like a month and a half. So when Bob got his DUI years later, I told Kevin like within an hour. I'm like, Bob's in jail, also in Cuban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. How about yours? No, no, I, I... 
sent out a text while I was in the car waiting. I wasn't even arrested yet. Let's just get it all out. <laughs> you know what, though? I will tell you this. Well, it's my turn, Uncle Kevin. There's a, yeah. there's a certain peace in knowing that you screwed up and there's nothing you can do about it, and you're okay with it. You know you're right. It's just like, well, I, you, you, there's no way around it. You might just get it out, when, and then it's, a, it's like a weight's lifted off you. Yeah. Being like, well, you know, like, you got me. Bye. <laughs> oh, shoot. But Kevin also, he uh, so he would take us to high school rodeos, him and Betty, and it wasn't elaborate. You know, we've talked a lot about high school rodeos and rigs, So, it was, but it was pretty cool. Kevin had a, a stock trailer and um, made the front into a living quarter. No bathroom, nothing, but they put down carpet. We had cots and coolers, and uh, me and, and Bob and Kevin and Betty and sometimes Ty and, and Dally, their kids, we would all go together and stay in this stock trailer at those at those rodeos, but it was fun. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of fun. And it, you guys have had a long tradition in youth rodeos and we, high school rodeos. We was at a high school rodeo at Kingman, and uh, at that time, Justin's best event. The boy could ride a saddle bronc. Thank you. Could really ride one. Not now. Has he points to my belly? Not now. <laughs> <laughs> and bulldog. He could yep. bulldog. Oh, really yeah. Good. oh yeah. And my nephew Bobby uh, was. Probably one of the best bull riders in in the high school ranks at the time, and well, he went to nationals, win a third. He but bucked any, off a Highlander the short round. I remember to win, to win. But anyway, uh, they they talked him into entering the bull riding at uh, this high school rodeo. We got a picture of this at the house. Yeah, they're in that they're in that cooler there, yeah. Dad. They're wanting another beer, everybody. You guys aren't hiding no, very well, but. Uh, and I got a picture of this at my house. I don't know how far. I think you can still see the end of the chute gate. And this bull comes out, and Justin, it looks like somebody dubbed him into the picture. But he's got his hand in the rope, fully extended out, and he's standing straight up and down on his head. What? We, can I you, got can you send a picture of that when you get home? I, send I him a picture. We're, we're, let's post this. I literally got bodacious. I got jerked down. And this is before everybody wore helmets. Yeah. I got jerked down. And in the arena, Steve Kraft, who's another Abbeville, everybody knows Steve Kraft. He, Kraft Rodeo Company. He's, Steve talks like this all the time. And I'm here to tell you, JR, you're being like a big pussy. <laughs> so I'm laying there knocked out in that arena and. And Steve had a beard. I mean, Steve's got a big belly like me. And But Steve's crack is shown for nine years straight. Like, he don't even try to hide it. Uh, <laughs> out in the arena, the paramedics come out there. They're trying to bring me back to life, and Steve's telling them to get the hell back. He's fine. He's just <laughs> like, he goes, Jr. do I need to, like, take you to Walmart and buy you a dress or what? <laughs> like, sir, we need to support his spine. No, he's fine. Get up. <laughs> So, like, I had my little protective vest on, and Steve just, like, pulled me up by the collar, and he's like, get up, boy. All right, thanks, Steve. Yeah. D did you ever get knocked out in the grand entry of a high school rodeo? No. Yeah, suck it. Did you really? Yep. We were. Uh, Is that true, Vince? Yeah, o uh, o grand entry. Was it Osceola or something? I can't remember. Anyway, Osceola. Yeah, and it was and um, I, <clears throat> with my brother and, and Jess Harl and and. Uh, Josh, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, another one of our buddies. They're older guys, and so I got. They had pivot flags for the grand entry, Iowa, I O W A. There's four of us, right? 
So I got, you know, I was on the back. I was A. And I was like, oh, I'm cool. I'm with, you know, with the older guys. I'm so cool doing this. You know, you think we're riding pivot flag, but you made it fun. And especially those guys were cool. You know, everybody loved Harl. He was hilarious. God rest his soul. And um, anyway, we take off around there. And my old, our old, you know, 38-year-old calf or Smurfy, he'd come around the corner. And it was deep sand. And all I remember is his neck, you know, starting to go down. That's the last thing I remember. Then everybody's standing, you know, everybody's standing over you and you're trying to gather your chickens. And, um, yeah, and I remember Dad saying, he's like, he got worried. He goes, oh, no, you know, he's thinking the horse was crippled the way he went down. And then the horse got up and he's like, oh, good deal. Nope, his baby boy's laying there. <laughs> he's just getting him a snooze there in the dirt. And you then, take uh, a little napsky. Yeah. So, and I got a hard luck buckle that weekend for getting knocked out in the grand entry. I still you should have wear it. the buckle. I should. I should. That was so flipping hilarious. But, but you know what sucked though is they went, I was fine, right? But they went, I can understand not letting me team rope or uh, steer wrestle, but they wouldn't let me team rope. They, they, they wouldn't let me rope. And, uh, we missed, uh, we missed the high school finals by like two points that year. And that, that sucked. You sound like Uncle Rico. If you would put me in that fourth quarter, we went to state for sure. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's just a chance. See? But, uh, yeah, getting knocked out in the grand entry. High school rodeos were the best. And we, we had a travel-along. I think we've talked about this. Uh, a a travel-along trailer. It wasn't finished inside, but by God, we we uh, we went in there and uh, and slept in that nose. And you'd wake up in the morning, there'd be dew dripping on you because everybody's breathing <laughs> yeah. in there. Well, that's a... Hey, that's exactly that. I mean, that's the same deal. That's the good old day. That, oh, that's cooler. when that's when rodeo was rodeo. That's right, and you didn't care. You know, you just had a blast. And then we we'd clean out the back, sleep in the back, and then we graduated to a tent. And then we that that was a little when we got you know older. And then mom and dad were a little wiser because we could sneak out of that tent a lot easier. They knew when we got in the back of that trailer because you just up there shaking. Well, <laughs> in 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 like when we did it too, they didn't really ever give us beer. Like we'd sneak it out of their coolers because they'd steal it. As yeah, as we talked, every high school rodeo, every youth rodeo in the country, has got a group of dads with red cups in the corner, and everybody knows what the hell they're doing. Oh yeah, you know I think it'd be funny. You you make the dads wear back numbers around town everywhere they go. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. You had to wear your back number so you so you know if you got in trouble, you know who it was, <laughs> and and checking in. Remember you had to check in, what was it, like noon of the first day or something like that? Yeah. I remember a kid at the high school finals was winning the bull riding in Albia, Iowa, and I can't remember his name, but uh, he, he missed check-in, couldn't rodeo, didn't win it, you know, but that was that was the rule, you know, and I know there was a big thing this this year at the high school finals, a kid was late. Well, yeah, but all you had to do is call. If you had car trouble, there was a number. You called, hey, this is what's happening. Oh, we broke down. Oh, it was a major ordeal. And you, you got, so I don't know what the issue, I'm sure there's more to the story, but. It was pretty simple. You just make a call. But um, this is where our high school uh, finals were. It was Fort Madison. Fort Madison? Yep. And, Kevin, you're originally from up here, right? Illinois. Right, but, but close in the Fort Madison area. Yeah. So, and, and Dad here was the uh, president of the association for many years. And uh, I, the best story at Sydney had a high school rodeo. And this barrel racing dad comes out, and he's like, it's like 5 o'clock. And he's like, when are you going to turn on the lights? Dad goes, when it gets dark. <laughs> That's kind of a dick move to say, Vince. <laughs> you know that you know, there's those parents that, you know, kids do no wrong and this and that, but it was I don't know how he did it. I, I could never be on a, a high school uh, ugh. 
God, the people. It's pretty cool. It's Uh, bad enough in the professional ranks. I got pictures of me bulldogging in high school with Aunt Betty, his wife, hazing for me. Hazing for him, yeah. Her and uh, Janice. That's awesome. Who's married to Steve. Those those gals are pretty handy. Betty was a great, great roper. Uh, She was a state champion breakaway roper back in the day, wasn't she? Betty? Yeah. Yeah. 78. Tell her, yeah. And powder uh, your rope. Team roping, team roping too. Powder yeah. your rope. It's breakaway time. I'm t- hey, she's Betty, one of the, Betty one of the first crack girls. back out. That's what I'm saying, man. She was one of the first girls to, uh, well, I think she was the first girl in the state of Kansas to uh, win the team roping in the high school. That's cool. State high school. But Ke- cool. Kevin roped and roped steers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hauled us around. Uh, his buddy, Jake Ramsey. Uh, God rest his soul. Jake and, and Kevin were quite the uh, the tutors of life. They would try to teach me and Bob how to talk to women. And uh, <laughs> we we drove in a, a brown – Kevin bought a brown Ford pickup. <laughs> and it was a four-door. Had a, I don't remember if it was a diesel or not, but yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the steering column was broke. So Kevin fixed it with a bungee cord. <laughs> so if you <laughs> – it would just float. <laughs> it wouldn't stay in one spot. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, he Kevin tells he has a, got a alternate personality named Cecil, and uh, Cecil would come out when you got deep into the beer. Here would come Cecil. So he inspired me to do my other character, which was Bruce the Gay Cowboy. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was Bruce the Gay Cowboy like? Um, he talked like this, and he was like, so when I would start drinking, I would go to Bruce the Gay Cowboy, and I would tell Bruce stories, and everybody was like, well, it got to a deal, like, we'd go to these these high school rodeos or uh, the amateur rodeos during the summer, and everybody like, hey, where's Bruce at? I'm like, he'll be here in a minute. But Kevin's Or Cecil. Yeah, so he tell these Cecil stories, so Cecil. I, I got in trouble because I repeated a story that Kevin told being Cecil. Can you give us the little Cecil, even though it's morning? Your alternate she, ego. The, the before Dale Brisby, there was Cecil. We didn't. We didn't. I didn't tell jokes. I told stories, and I had three or four Cecil jokes. But we can we can talk uh, hair lip, can't we? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I usually have to be pretty drunk to to do this, but uh, Here, slam, slam that, that slam that son of a bitch, rump that bush light. But, <laughs> Uh, I had about three stories with involved Cecil, and he had a hair lip and a glass eye. And uh, he was, I ain't going to tell the story. Tell the story. Huh? Tell it. It's, 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 it's long. It don't matter. Okay. Anyway, Cecil had a hair lip and a glass eye. And one day he couldn't see out of his glass eye. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Wet his whistle for this one. So he went to the eye doctor. Now, the doctor takes Cecil's glass eye out, and on the inside of it, there was horse shit. And the doctor said, Cecil, how the hell did you get horse shit on the inside of your glass eye? So Cecil looks back at the doctor, and he says, well, no, it's a long story. Is that good? Is that right? Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Doc goes, look, see, I've had many patients with glass eyes, and ain't one of them ever come in here with horse shit on the inside of it. He goes, I, I got to know how you done this. And uh, Cecil come back, and he goes, well, nothing in the wrong corner. He said, me and my best friend went off with the whole back wire one day. We widened out in this path. And uh, uh, Wandolph, my best friend, was with me. He, he wanted to, he wanted to uh, wait 
He wanted to waste our horses. So we turn around. There's this big old cliff right behind us. You know, when you hit the bottom, you. But we was going to waste. So Randolph said, now when I count three, we'll go. So Randolph count one, two, three, go. Randolph, horse, take off. My horse still standing here. I said, come on, you dumb son of a buck. We're going to lose. And this son of a bitch still standing there. Randolph, 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 he's halfway across the damn path. window. And I said, come on, you dumb son of a bitch. I went to sport him in the belly and whipping him across the ass, and he's still standing here. So I takes my whips out, and I whip him across the head. And this son of a buck starts running backwards toward this damn quiff. I said, whoa, you son of a buck. Whoa, there's a quip back there. He kept running backwards toward his damn quip. I said, whoa, you son of a bitch. There's a damn quip back there. He kept running backwards toward his damn quip. So I sticks out my glass eye and I said, see for yourself. <laughs> see for yourself. <laughs> I told that story in school. And the principal called my dad and said, Justin was telling a story about how some guy got horse shit on the back of his glass eye. <laughs> Sticking his butthole and go, look, you dumb son of a bitch, see for yourself. <laughs> oh, tell us another Cecil story. Give us another one. Oh, there ain't one, there ain't one near as exciting as that we, one. But we don't give a shit. <laughs> Everybody listening's not doing anything anyways. That's why they're listening to us. Did, you, did I ever tell you the one about the dead horse? Uh-uh. Well... Cecil got married. This is a pretty slow joke here. I'll, I'll make it fast. No, don't. We want take your time. We're, <laughs> we're good. But anyway, uh, he got married, and she was a real rich girl that had a lot of money, kind of uppity. And uh, every time Cecil would come home from work or something, she'd have something to say to him or something, you know, about how stupid he was and this, that, and the other, the other thing. And uh, he got tired of it, of her making fun of him. He was coming home from work one day, and she'd always make fun of how dumb he was. She'd ask him some smart question. He couldn't answer it. And, and uh, he was coming home from work one, time, one day, and uh, he seen this dead horse laying along the road. So he pulled over, and he... He got up there and he, he he threw that horse in the back of his truck. He took it home. And he drug it upstairs into the. Something went wrong. Uh, Let's try again. What the heck? Oh, your phone. Okay, go ahead. He he stuck the took the horse, drug it upstairs, and stuck it in the bathtub, in the bedroom, back the bedroom bath. And he's sitting around there waiting for his wife to come home. Finally, she comes home and she's sitting around there, and she finally goes upstairs and. She goes into the tu uh, bathroom, and uh, she sees this dead horse, and she comes out the deal there and hollers, hey, Cecil, what's this in the bathtub? And he goes, what's well, a dead horse in front of the bench? It's a dead horse. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cecil. Well, we couldn't wait when, when, he, when he would bust out Cecil. But, you, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a midnight Cecil is when they used to bust it out. They're really, oh, good. Yeah. They're really good when everybody's drunk. Yeah. When we went to Washington, Kansas, that used to be the party rodeo. Like it was right before school started, and uh, did we, you just bring up Washington, Kansas? Yeah, I did. Why? We had <laughs> tell it. You can't. You got to tell it now. All right, we was back to the big Kahuna, Steve Kraft. Uh, it was one of his rodeos, and Justin was there helping, and we was all helping and everything. And uh, he had one of them uh, pop up tents 
sitting back there off. It was the, a it was a pop up camper tent. Yeah, one of them pop up camper tents. And, uh, he said that was our always helps uh, motel for the weekend, and I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night. It must have been Saturday night because he worked on her pretty hard. But Justin, he was a he was chasing this little gal around. And we was all up there partying Saturday night and having us a good time. And uh, about that time, Justin, he, he disappeared. <clears throat> so anyway, I got I got tired of partying and stuff, so I thought I was going to go to bed. And I walked down there, and it's off down there away from everything. I walked down there, and, and uh, I hear this uh, kind of a ripping noise uh, and a tear. And then I hear this, Bleh! and I look up, and I see this kid laying on the ground just outside of the end of that uh camper and i get up there and he's just picking himself up and he's got his whitey tidies on that's the only thing he's got on and all i can hear what had happened was is this the canvas ripped on that uh the canvas the whole the end of the pop-up tent uh ripped out and he fell out of the camper (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when when i walked up there all i could hear was this girl going justin where'd you go where'd you go (laughs) yeah i i had to bounce out because for uh we i'm not going to say who bought these drinks but one of our friends they buy some drinks and i started getting sick and so this gal says well i'm gonna where are you staying because i was kind of in bad shape and i wasn't the only one sam had passed out and uh Kevin's daughter and uh, and uh, Chris Yerlich and a couple of them got Sam's. Uh, he's laying there and they they did him a makeover. I mean, eyeliner, lipstick. Uh, he was passed out. Oh my! This gal says, "I'm going to take you to, your, to where you're staying." So she walks me down to that camper. Well, he, look, he looked like Ru- Who is that? RuPaul? Or- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sam did. So I go to <laughs> I go to get up in that bed. And, I mean, I was about to puke and I just hit that thing and it breaks and i rolled out the end i about broke my neck actually <laughs> so we had to then we had to load up and all sleep on one side we had to double up the jacks on the other side to, to, to make it from yeah. falling the you remember those pop-up oh camp? yeah steve had bought one in a it, it wasn't he didn't like go to a camper store he no, bought it, it at a farm auction. Yeah, it sat out in somebody's tree row for probably 10 years <laughs> it was all rotted and yeah that was also the same week, and I woke up naked with Jake Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that happens sometimes. Was Bruce the gay cowboy there? <laughs> I hope he wasn't. <laughs> Jake was a pretty cool dude, and uh, I, I in my wild high school days, you know, and Jake would buy me beer. He was always, you know, you had we talked about this. You hell had, of a guy. You had when in high school, you got your beer guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we, you, we had, you've outed your beer guy too. Oh yeah, we've had we've we've got I had a couple of them. We'd pull up the bar. They'd come out, get it. They'd ride, drive around the square at Sydney, go over to Casey's, buy us a case. Back then, it was Milwaukee's best light was what we were doing. Oh. Yeah. The beast. Yeah. That's mother's milk right there. How did you right treat there. that? That's terrible. That's worse than that. We didn't light. know any better, and it was $10 a case. <sighs> that cheap. That's what it's all about when you're younger is the cheap beer. Yeah. But 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 how I mean I guarantee it was the same at your your house and your dad's house, you know you're not stupid right you obviously knew and and you no know, he knew and but it didn't matter the next morning didn't matter what time well I had a curfew but what happened 
The next morning he'd get you up. You were going to church. You were going to work. You were, and they knew. And we used to, we used to, for my grandpa, we used to insulate houses, uh, ceilings or uh, ceilings, attics. And so I'd have to be down there. <laughs> We'd either be up in that hot ass attic with that hose, or down there, and it was that, uh, it was a newspaper. That was all, you know, and so you're down there mashing it up in the yeah. big mixer, and it's getting blown up the hose up. Blah. After a night that, of after Milwaukee. a night of Milwaukee's best light, yeah. I think that's why Kevin always wanted to wake us up was to prove a point. Yep. That by golly, you're not gonna you have your fun, but we're gonna work too. Yeah, and we 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 worked a little bit, you know. We but we got to rope a lot too. We, you know, uh, we team rope at Kevin's house every evening and. The neighbors would come over, ride horses over, and uh, one more funny story on Bob on Y2K night on New Year's Eve of 1999. We all decide we're going to ride our horses into Abbeville because I thought it was the end of the world. And uh, funny thing, so Bob left from Kevin's house, and Bob got too full, and we got to town, and Bob's horse made it, but Bob never showed. <laughs> Bob passed out. Passed out on the way, on the way and fell out. on the way. We found his horse, and uh, we didn't find Bob till the next day. He slept out in, in Kenoki's cornfield for for Y two K. Whoops! And I I would love to tell the story, but it's one that I just don't know. I, I don't know if uh, Steve and Janice ever would know anybody that listens to this that would tell him. But uh, if, <laughs> now tell that, it, tell it. Uh, I shouldn't tell it. Well, now you got to. Yeah. When I was in high school, <laughs> and I was helping these guys, and I, and and I, I love Steve. I, Steve Kraft was a major part of my rodeo career because when I was in high school, you know, when you don't want to work for your parents, so Steve was putting on rodeos, so I went to work for Steve. And and Steve, a little background on Steve. That's Kevin's brother-in-law. Steve is a crazy mother trucker, isn't he? I mean, that son of a bitch is nuts. And he he lived. To see somebody get hurt mm. on a horse, a bull, anything he was doing, he wanted to. He didn't want to get hurt bad, but he yeah. wanted. He wanted, he wanted to get a. He, he wanted, wanted to get a wreck. wreck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the time. He used to hit me in the nuts like just nonstop everywhere he went. And his son Bronk and I were good friends. And um, anyhow, so we come back from a rodeo back to Abbeville after uh, Larned, Kansas was the rodeo. We get back, we put the stock up. Me and Bronk Craft, we go up to his room and get in the bunk beds and stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear this horrible racket. Horrible. I mean, it sounds like somebody's trying to knock a hole in the wall of this house. I mean, it's sounds maybe like somebody's fighting. Sounds like two bears. And so I tell Bronk, I said, hey, somebody's trying to break in. Bronk said, who's going to break in here? You know, I'm like, well, we, you know. We better go check this out. So I get a baseball bat, and Bronk gets a seven iron. I remember that. It was a seven iron. And we go walking down the stairs and uh, get to the bottom of the stairs, and it's coming from Steve and Janice's room. <laughs> so I tell Bronk, I said, get ready. I'm going to come around the corner and hit the switch, and you go to swinging. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spin around the door. I'm a sophomore. I haven't experienced the game of love or seen it. <laughs> Liar with old people. <laughs> I turn around and flip the switch, and there they are, <laughs> getting it on. <laughs> Steve's a big guy like me, and Steve's hairy and stinky. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I go, oh, 
<laughs> Steve never slows down. <laughs> he looks right at me, and I can't stop looking. <laughs> it's like a car wreck. Yeah, you can't look away. <laughs> and he goes, "JR, do you like want some of this or what?" <laughs> I'm like, no. What was Bronk doing? Was he swinging away? No, he he ran. He ran. (laughs) Bronk turned around and ran. He runs up the stairs, and uh, I I go up to him. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. So what I'm about to tell you, am I lying, Kevin? Am I lying? No, no, not Not this time. (laughs) So the next day, you know, I'm, I'm 15, 16 years old, you know, and I don't know how to look at Janice because, I mean. <laughs> you just did look at her. <laughs> Janice is, you know, like my family. and So I, I avoid her in the morning. I get up, and I'm outside, and she'd come out to feed, and I fed somewhere else, and <laughs> I'm staying completely back. And so Steve goes, you better, like, go in there here in a minute and get a sandwich, Jr. All right. Oh, so I go into, the, go into the kitchen there, and, uh, they would buy bologna bulk like the not the slices like the yeah you have to cut it yourself <laughs> the whole bologna so i walk in there and janice um turns around and looks at me and we kind of look at each other for an uncomfortably long amount of time and she goes do you want a bologna sandwich or not <laughs> and i have not ate a bologna sandwich since that do you know that i have not had a bite of bologna since that day because i, I can understand why <laughs> every time that i would Think about baloney. All I can think about is what I saw that day as a young child. <laughs> so, <laughs> I took, uh, and I did tell, and, and if anybody hears this, don't, please don't tell Steve and Janice that. But, I mean, I, I flat caught, and I told Kevin the next day, he's like, how was your weekend? I'm like, I need to talk. <laughs> I said, something happened. So, I'm trying to, and I'm, it was kind of scarring a little bit. So, I'm telling Kevin, he's about to fall on the floor laughing about what I saw. But. You want some of this, Jr. Do you? Sounds like the, like the Duke. Do you, do you like want some of this, Jr. Or what? <laughs> you want a bologna sandwich? No. <laughs> Which is funny because the people in Abbeville that know me, like the like Scott and Remington, like when I go stay at my dad's every now and then, I'll get up to go to my pickup the next morning, and there'll be a bologna sandwich in a Ziploc bag taped to the mirror of my pickup, <laughs> and and that's not, I've not had any bologna since. Not, not at all, since I since nineteen ninety five. So, you know that that song "Strawberry Wine," which he talked. Oh yeah, about? Dina Carter. Yeah, that's how it is. Bologna sandwich. <laughs> he 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 scarred me with that story too. I... Well, with Bronk though, um, Bronk passed away a few years ago, and uh, in a car wreck, which was terrible. But Bronk, we we loved him, and we would, me and Bob would mess with Bronk a lot, and Bronk would get upset. But we used to do this deal; it was pretty gross. Where if you're sleeping, uh, you'd pull your pants down and you'd fart right by their face. Oh, uh, pink eye. And, uh, That's how I gave you pink eye. Yeah. I did that to Bronk and he stabbed me in the arm with a spider co knife <laughs> at Attica, Kansas. Like, and it was in there pretty deep. You, you was probably there that day. They did it to him there at the motel. And I don't know whose butt it was that they put over. Justin Smith's. And, and then somebody, he was asleep. And they did that, and then somebody hit him in the in the tallywhacker, and he raised up and stuck his nose right up. Some I can't remember whose butt it was. It was Justin Smith, and he <laughs> he touched hole with the nose, 
It was nose to hole. Oh, because that's how we used to roll in Abbeville back then. God, I'll tell you what, old Bronk, he wasn't even bigger in a minute, but he come up a fighting after that, though, didn't he? Boy, when he stabbed in the arm with that Spyderco knife, which I still have the scar, uh, it hurt so bad. We actually had to go to emergency room to get it pulled out. Really? Yeah. And we were all friends about it, like, as soon as it happened. But, I mean, I shouldn't have put my butthole on his eye. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 you can't blame him for stabbing you. Oh. At least it was your arm. Yeah, yeah. I, when, I, when I look at this scar, I think about Bronx sometimes. But That's awesome. Well, Uncle Kevin, it was great having you today. Thanks really? for spending time. It's great to meet you and the family. We're going to get you back on at 11 o'clock at night sometime. You did good, though. You did yeah, good. I, I That's good. good. You, did, you, did, you didn't skags us, so that was great. But uh, – um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Sorry it's been a minute, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's life on the road. But we are together this week and next weekend. Yep. yep. So, Abilene, Texas. Uh, Abilene, Texas for the second weekend. And, um, yeah. So Don't forget, get- um, be sure to book your rooms at the Mirage for Rodeo Vegas party coming up. Oh, my God. Rodeo Vegas party coming up. Rodeo Vegas. Check uh, out ProFantasyRodeo.com. Rump's Watch Party. We're going to have uh, our league again. Yep. PFR league. We already got some of the gifts. We actually have the title belt already. Yeah, which is awesome. And we actually paid up this year. Yep. So that was great. Um, we might be giving away a, a uh, Ford Fiesta Festiva car. Really? We might. Oh, God. Here we go. We well, might. Who knows? Rodeopatch.com. You need any uh, patchwork done. We got some San Angelo patches coming. So uh, holler at them. Gold Buckle Beer. Uh, got it here in Fort Madison. It's awesome. It's good. Get don't, you some. Also, don't forget November eighteenth, Cedarville, Kansas. We're going to have the big party. We got a big party coming up for uh, Chris Griffin's fortieth birthday party in Bullbash. Nice. I will be commentating. <laughs> Who's doing the music? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. All right. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>